Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 90 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 142 of Wrestletopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are a little under two weeks away from Halloween Havoc going down live from the WWE PC on Saturday, October. 22nd only on Peacock at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and it promises to be a very fun show on the scariest night of the year as Halloween Havoc moves from network television to Peacock for the first time since his re-inception two years ago. And we got the penultimate episode last night via NXT, a solid show a bit better than last week as we kick things off with the NXT champion Braun Breaker versus Javier Barnell. And this was a glorified squash victory for Breaker who delivers his pan and offense, including clothes lines, belly to belly suplexes, catch release suplexes, a bulldog, and the gorilla press slam for the win, even though Barnell had a couple of hope spots by booting Breaker in the face midway through this match. But the outcome was never in question as Breaker got the win pretty decisively. After the match was over, we got shenanigans courtesy of JD McDonough until Ilya Dragunov came out to confront McDonough and Breaker in the ring. But in doing so, McDonough provides a misdirection, which causes Dragunov to land the torpedo on Braun Breaker. Was it on purpose? Was it by mistake? We simply do not know. As he laid out the champion to wrap up the opening segment of NXT ahead of the Triple Threat match involving Ilya Dragunov, JD McDonough, and Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship next Saturday at Halloween Havoc on Peacock. Next up is the final match between Nathan Fraser and Axiom in their best two out of three series to see who would claim the final spot in the NXT North American Championship ladder match next weekend at Halloween Havoc. And this match was by far the best thing from last night's show. This was just wall-to-wall action. Axiom and Nathan Fraser are so damn great in the ring their chemistry is electric the counters early on were silky smooth as both guys jockeying for position at one point Fraser was going for a top rope or a karana but it was blocked by Axiom who delivers a power bomb that sends Fraser down to the mat in a very hard way as we go to a picture picture commercial break we come back and Fraser's back on offense by locking in a Boston Crab on Axiom but Axiom reverses that into a roll-up combination for a near fall he follows things up by blocking the moonsault into a DDT instead lands a kick on Fraser followed by a sliding German suplex with the ropes that was absolutely gnarly he follows things up with a nasty top rope cross body on Fraser as well for a near fall Fraser does hit that reverse DDT on the floor to Axiom and that rocks our superhero for a bit he gets back in the ring barely to beat the count of 10 and Fraser takes advantage with a leg drop goes for a phoenix splash gets caught with a triangle submission by Axiom who transitions into an arm bar followed by another submission going after the left arm of Fraser until Fraser gets his foot on the ropes to break the submission attempt from there Axiom lands a moonsault to Fraser on the outside Axiom goes up top Fraser meets him there and lands a superplex goes through a follow-through twisting falcon arrow but he is locked in a sleeper hold by Axiom once again and another great submission counter by our superhero from there both men are trading strikes in the grounded position followed by super kicks and then they trade roll-ups back and forth but Frazier gets the leverage pinned at the last moment to advance to the NXT North America Championship ladder match next Saturday at Halloween Havoc both men shake hands in the ultimate show of respect Axiom is going to leave Nathan Fraser in the ring to celebrate and I'm very happy for Fraser he's going to be a highlight in this ladder match next weekend but Axiom is equally as great and I've dinged him for the mask because I can't see his face but let me tell you something this guy wrestles from his head to his tippy toes he just exudes confidence and his skill set 
is on point. So he is able to overcompensate by being so damn proficient in the ring, which is not easy to do when you can hardly see his facial expressions through that mask. But his body works wonders in that ring. And last night was no exception. He's a technician out there. He's a high flyer. He is excellence on display. And Fraser is right there with him every step of the way. It's a blessing that Fraser is in WWE in a lot of ways, getting showcased on national television on a weekly basis. He's going to be in a high-profile match at Halloween Havoc for the North America Championship via that ladder match. And that's going to be a show stiller. You got four high flyers in Wesley or Mensa, Carmelo Hayes, and Nathan Fraser with Von Wagner as the base. Those four guys, minus Wagner, are going to do incredible things. The high flying is going to be astronomical, and I am going to live for it. And the best part about Nathan Fraser being a part of all of this is the future of him being a part of the main roster and his mentor, Seth Rollins, is right there. The mentor and the student meeting, collaborating, feuding, beefing in the next five years, excites me greatly because under the new Triple H creative administration, he's going to get a shot to get over and make it. And that would have been damn near improbable six months ago under Vince McMahon. So all things are coming up roses for Nathan Fraser in the months and possibly years to come in WWE. Next up is Indy Hartwell versus Valentina Feroz. And this match was okay. I will say that this was Indy's most confident match to date. She was a great base for Valentina there were some questionable spots here and there but mostly this was solid as Indy shut off her strength and her power throughout this match we got a side bit of storytelling as well as Sangha was out there supporting Valentina because he's her life coach in a lot of ways and a really good friend as well but then Veer Mahan comes out suited and booted looking real good as always and he's whispering something in Sangha's ear and Sangha looks at Valentina and without her knowing at the time he turns away and walks backstage with Veer and the fans boo I don't know what this means. I will say Indus Sheer has done some house shows for NXT as of late. They could be reuniting the tag team imminently because they had a rough go a couple of years ago during the pandemic when Malcolm Bivens tried to be the head of this crew and it did not work out. It ended literally in weeks. But I think both guys have way more upside now. The charisma, the look, the talent of both guys, they can really get over as a tag team with more polishing, of course. So Valentina notices that Sangha's not in her corner, but she whoops ass nonetheless by landing a running double knee strike on Indy Hartwell, followed by a running drop kick as well for a nearfall. Indy does recover. She delivers a nice delayed superplex to Valentina Feroz for the win. I love the power. I love the execution of this spot by Indy. And she picks up a big win. So I'm very happy for her. I think this is her best singles performance to date. She was confident out there. I like the spots she did mostly. And this is the growth I want to see from Indy on a more regular basis. Because she does have charisma and the talent to go places, but she just needs to hone her craft in the ring a bit more. And I saw steps in that direction last night, which was very encouraging to see. She does make fun of herself on Twitter saying, I'm still green, but I do want to see that growth as well because she's been in the system for a while and I want to see some progress to see how she can make that next step to the main roster at some point in the very near future. Next up is Malik Blade and Idris Anofe versus Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus Dyads, Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed in a number one contenders match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. And I thought this match over-delivered. Briggs and Jensen might have had their best match ever on NXT. Briggs was a big hoss out there, whooping ass, clotheslining people, big boot and slamming people down with splashes and whatnot. He assists Jensen on a dive on the Dyad and Malik Blade and Idris Anofe on the outside as we go to a 
picture and picture commercial break. We come back and the dyad are briefly on offense for a bit, but Briggs once again is a one man wrecking crew. He rebounds Malik Blade into a clothesline on the floor in a nasty spot. Clotheslines the Nofe as well. Does a splash on a Nofe, followed by a big boot on a Nofe for a near fall as well. Jensen set up the spot nicely when he power bombed the dyad and Nofe at the same time in a great Tower of Doom spot, which never misses mostly in WWE. And Nofe and Blade have their fun too as Blade wipes out Jensen and Reed with a dive on the outside and Anofe wipes out the dyad with a corkscrew plancha as well at one point. We have people trading spots back and forth. We got knees and boots by all three teams, but ultimately Joe Gacy gets involved when we have Anofe and Blade sitting up their finisher and he's going to deliver that lariat to Blade outside the ring and he's going to help his crew win until Cameron Grimes hits a cave in out of nowhere on Joe Gacy. He pulls Rip Fowler out of the ring to stop whatever was going to happen regarding the finish of this match which allows Idris Anofe to roll up Jagger Reed for the win as Malik Blade and Idris Anofe will move on to face Pretty Deadly for the NXT Tag Team titles. A big win for this tag team. Very happy for them. Their growth has been remarkable to see over this last year or so. Anofe has a lot of upside but Malik Blade went from a guy that was a jobber during the early days of 2.0 to being in a very good tag team with Anofe and their charisma has shined throughout the last year or so and I think they have the potential to be a very good tag team in the years to come and Pretty Deadly are great. I love Elton Prince. I adore Kit Wilson and they are going to bring out the best in this tag team whenever this tag team championship match takes place between now and Halloween Havoc if WWE opts to go in that direction. As for Joe Gacy, he and the Dyad will face Cameron Grimes and two partners of Grimes is choosing next Tuesday on NXT and this is a theme of mystery opponents from Raw and SmackDown repping black and gold or white and gold whatever you want to call this generation of NXT because we have a war for one and only it's Dynamite versus NXT versus the NBA versus the MLB playoffs all going down at the same damn time it's ridiculous we got Pick Your Poison with Corey Jade and Roxanne Perez with people from on SmackDown being represented. We got the mystery of who's going to be Stacks opponent as well. We're going to call it Mystery Tuesday because we don't know who's going to show up. And I kind of like that, but we'll see how it goes next Tuesday on USA. Next up is Apple Fire versus Jesse Jane from Toxic Attraction. This match is okay. A little off in spots as well as Gigi tries to cause trouble on behalf of Jesse Jane. But Apple Fire is going to fight back with that gory special preceded by a super kick for the one, two, three. Nice victory for Apple Fire once a piece of Mandy Rose ahead of Halloween Havoc as she vies for the NXT Women's Championship as Alba goes up the ramp. She's attacked by a hooded figure, and this person turns out to be Sonya Deville, making the hop from SmackDown to NXT to help her old bestie, Mandy Rose and her partners, Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan. They triple team Alba Fire and they deliver a triple power bomb to Alba Fire through the announce table in an early spot. And Sonya lets us know that even though they've been through a lot, Mandy's still her best friend. And if Mandy values toxic attraction, that means that Sonya Deville holds them in high esteem as well. And they're a family. And she will face Alba Fire next Tuesday on NXT, which should be a lot of fun. And I love the reunion of fire and desire. I adored Mandy and Sonya as a tag team 
And don't let it be forgotten that one of the highlights of the very early days of the MT Arena era was the feud between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. We got depth, we got context, we got good promos from both ladies. It ended very badly due to some shitty real life circumstances that pissed us all off a couple of years ago, but they came out on the other side stronger than ever. And I fully believe with this crew together, it could be quite the force whenever they make the move to Raw and SmackDown in the very near future. Next up is Stax versus Wesley and Stax went after the left knee of Wesley in honor of the dawn of NXT. Tony D'Angelo blew out his PCL recently in a match against Wesley. That should keep him out of action for a while, but not a serious injury, thankfully. But Wesley sells the knee nonetheless. He does some high flying to get back on offense. Knees gives out at one point and Stax goes after that knee once again. But Stax is wiped out with a flipping set on by Wesley from the top rope as Wesley gets a victory ahead of the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship next weekend at Halloween Havoc, which leads to Stax's mystery opponent next Tuesday by way of Tony D'Angelo. Next up is Kiana James versus Thea Held from Chase University. And this match was very quick. And Mrs. Stone gets in the ring to confront Thea for embarrassing him last week when she he whipped his ass at ringside. And she responds by delivering a back body drop to Mr. Stone. But that distraction leads to Kiana James landing the 401k Bulldog on Thea Held for the quick win. And there's an ongoing storyline regarding Kiana James trying to buy up chase you property there's a mystery investor she's talking to in her office i'm intrigued by this kiana james despite how lame this character could be of being a mathematician and accountant by day and wrestler by night but let me tell you something this statistician does her job extremely well she sells this gimmick to the hilt she's invested she buys in this is so wow and glow from the 80s and early 2000s I'm not going to lie, but I love it. I love the commitment to a character that is so out of place, but for some reason it just works because she's so damn committed to the character from start to finish. There is some Brazzer-like vibes with those backstage segments with her assistant. I'm not going to lie and say that it's not, but hey, I respect the multiverse connection between Brazzers and WWE. They tell stories in varying ways and I respect it. And I always think about Dolph Ziggler shutting out Brazzers many years ago on Twitter and Brazzers getting in on the joke with WWE regarding their storytelling as well. So I'm all for the synergy of it, despite the randomness of it all. And it is very random, but it's very noticeable at the exact same time. And with that, let's move on to our main event involving Elio Dragunov versus Grayson Waller. Another good match. And once again, Elio brings out the best in his opponents as Grayson Waller stood up. And held his own against Ilya Dragunov, delivering some nice body shots of his own as Ilya was going to do his thing by twisting you up, beating you down, and punking you out. But Grayson Waller took advantage by going after Dragunov with a cheap shot, his sidekick, and he posed like Booker T to get booze and to piss off Booker, who got the gig on NXT last week as we go picture in picture even though Dragunov had the early advantage by delivering several strikes and chops to Dragunov. We come back and Waller is firmly in control of things. Dragunov recovers and catches Waller with an inside cradle for a near fall, followed by more chops and a kick to the head. Dragunov goes for a back suplex, but Waller catches him with another cheap shot to the face, followed by that elbow drop with the between the legs alley-oop for a near fall. From there, Waller is going to go for a sleeper attempt. 
But Dragunov fights out of that and lands a nasty lariat on Waller instead for a near fall. Waller recovers and snaps Dragunov's neck into the ring ropes. He's going to go for that running cutter through the ropes for the win, but he is spooked by dim lighting, very moody and scary music, and the spin the wheel, make the deal wheel spinning on its own. Scares Waller. He's trying to recover. Goes for that running center through the ropes. Dragunov hits a German suplex and the torpedo for the win. And we don't know who caused the wheel to spin on its own or cause moody lighting and music at the PC as the show goes off the air with Braun Breaker absolutely cutting. Elio Dragunov with the spear to cash in that receipt from earlier in the night when Dragunov landed that torpedo on Breaker. And we got J.D. McDonough in the crowd very proud about that misdirect to kick off last night's show as we go off the air a little after 10 o'clock p.m. Because remember this time last year, Chucky was airing on Tuesdays and they had to get off the air by 10 o'clock sharp because Chucky don't wait for nobody. Biden, not even in X to you, but we get the replay of the season premiere of Chucky, which is my jam as well. No cross promotion here. Just telling you how it was this time last year because Chucky did not play with this time slot. All in all, this was a very solid episode of NXT. Good wrestling throughout the show. Nice build for Halloween Havoc and Mystery Tuesday is upon us. A lot of mysteries as to who is going to be on this show Competing against AEW Dynamite, I think it's going to be a head-to-head battle depending on the MLB playoffs, of course. We got the return of the NBA next Tuesday as well. This is going to be the most competitive stretch of television for wrestling for the next month or so. And Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays for AEW and for NXT are going to be challenging because the NBA is back. It's stronger than ever with a lot of viable teams going after the chip this year. And that is going to bring the numbers down for a bit, at least through June. And then they'll rebound and then it'll be good. And then they'll go back down around this time next year. The pattern is pretty unmistakable at this point, which is okay. Nothing to freak out about. If there's a big week or special show, ratings could pop up for a week like Monday Night Raw, who did very well against Monday Night Football this past week. So it's all dependent on what's on the schedule on that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday for TNT and ESPN by way of the NBA and how AEW and WWE can counter that with some good shows as their ratings will take a tumble a bit around this time of year. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 90 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and or Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming these podcast shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, search Wrestletopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 85 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.